the heart of Shasha. Pulse 95. A story to tell. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Ahlan wasahlan, sabah al-khair, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, are you an expat who lives in the UAE? And maybe you've been here for a number of years even, but you felt like you don't really know enough about Emirati culture. Well, one Emirati woman decided it was time to write a book all about those anecdotes and cultural peculiarities of everyday UAE customs, culture and traditions for expats and foreigners explained through real life experiences. It's a great fun book. It's called UAE 101 and the author, Ruda Al-Murray, she's going to be joining me from 11 a.m. to talk to us about her brand new book that she's just launched and to teach us a thing or two about Emirati culture. It's your perfect opportunity to ask her any questions that you've got. Uh, nothing is too silly to ask here. But first, what does it take to dress for success? Today, we're going to be meeting two men looking to take luxury Italian menswear tailoring to the next level while still making sure that the beautiful garments that they make are sustainable and ethically sourced. Uh, the very suavely dressed Benjamin Siggers founders, Matthew Benjamin and James Siggers, they are here to share their story and tell us what a difference, what a difference a great suit can really make and what sustainable fashion really means. Get in touch with the show. We'd love to hear from you. You can text us on 4215 on Intersalat or 2022 if you're on due. And you can give us a call live in studio. 600-551-449 is the number. I'm Sally Musa and this is Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95 with a story to tell. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Hey. It's Life Beats on Love. Didn't I tell you to get some better suits? I spent $500. For how many suits? Five. What? What's that? That's my suit guy. Go in, tell him I sent you, and spend some money. What does it matter how much money I spent on suits? People respond to how we're dressed, so like it or not, this is what you have to do. It's weird. You giving me advice? Sounds like you actually care about me. I don't. You're a reflection of me, and I absolutely care about me. So get your skinny tie out of my face and get to work. Get your skinny tie out of my face and get to work. That is the uh, one and only Harvey Specter uh, giving the fresh-faced uh, Mike Ross a bit of advice on how to dress for success. And I have two men with me here in the studio who know all about that. But dressing for success is a lot more than we think it means. Uh, I've got with me Matt Benjamin and James Siggers. They are the co-founders of the tailoring house, Benjamin Siggers. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi. Great to have you uh, with us this morning. Now, um, it's just straightforward talk there uh, from Harvey Specter, all about uh, basically it's important how you dress. It's important how you show up because yeah. impressions happen instantly, don't they? They do. Why um, is a suit important in that? 
because it influences your behavior and it influences the way that people perceive you so harvey specter talking about the skinny tie um in a law firm for example isn't how you would mirror a, a client or isn't how you would mirror um those around you um so in terms of putting your best foot forward mm. making a great first impression how you dress is really important absolutely and this is both of you in fact you've set up benjamin singers uh, but you you have quite a background uh, in men's tailoring uh, yourselves T- tell me a bit more matt about your story and uh, and james as well sure so um i started in tailoring eight years ago in london um after two years in the london office of the company that i worked for i moved to dubai to set up their office which was the first office in the middle east um and shortly after that james joined and that's where we we first met um and essentially over the last six and a half years here we've worked with hundreds of the top top guys um in in the uae making them look good dressing them giving them advice on on what to wear and how to wear it what does your passion for for menswear come from? I, w- I want to go back to that. It's really interesting. For me, um, I've always loved to dress well. Um, but if I sort of tie it back to one specific sort of time in my life, I was on my gap here. I was 18 years old. I was working in London at the Royal Bank of Scotland. And prior to that, I, I didn't. Well, I owned a suit, but my my mum had bought it for me. Um, so saved up, and uh, myself and one of my colleagues went down one one uh, evening to T M Lewin, mm-hmm. um, who made yeah. off the peg suits, um, and I bought my first suit. And at the time, this was you know ten ten years ago, probably over ten years ago, fourteen years ago actually. <laughs> um, it was a three-button navy suit, which I certainly wouldn't wear now. But when I put that suit on, it made me feel amazing. It was like my body armor. Um, and that was my first real sort of uh, impression of how clothing could influence not only my behavior and how I felt, um, but how other people perceived me. Because whenever I wore that, that suit, I had a great day. Um, I worked well. Um, it was yeah it was great and since then I've always had um, a passion for for menswear you've just realized what a difference it can make because it's true it's not just how people see you it is literally the moment you put on a beautiful garment suddenly something inside you changes you feel completely different do you not James just come closer to the mic (coughs) I think there's a a study that um, people make a first impression of you in the first three seconds of of uh seeing you exactly so you, yeah the first things you you see is, is is what they're wearing so you know how how you dress is is definitely going to make an impression and you are definitely a man who loves a good suit as we can see on instagram live uh if you want to uh check out james and matt you can see them there uh as they're dressed but you guys decided to set this up um and it's different 
uh, for a number of reasons, but uh, let's kind of start with what it is. It's a tailoring service that you you come to the customer. The customer doesn't come to you. So that's the first thing about it. Yeah. So we work with everyone direct. So we don't have a a shop as as such. Um, <clears throat> so so yeah, we it, it it is a service. We typically how we work is we'll book an appointment with a client or someone who who wants to have a consultation we'll go out and see them and we'll, we'll take all our fabrics all our designs uh, measuring equipment uh, spend about half an hour to 45 minutes getting to know them you know understanding what they do uh, who, who they see if they travel what kind of a, events they go to and really just get a good understanding of, of what's going to be best mm. um, for them you know what what type of clothing they're actually going to need and and yeah we we take all the measurements uh we've, we've got again a lot of experience in in fit fabrics and, and styling and then yeah our, our, our workshops are in italy they're not here no they no, are no. in fact in italy and tell me about uh, choosing italy as the place to get your suits made why well, did you choose italy and where exactly are they made so we chose Italy because of its rich tailoring history. Um, for us, quality was something that was really important. Um, that and sustainability, those were the two main things we wanted to focus on. So the choice for Italy for us was, was quite a, uh, an obvious one. Um, in terms of how we then found those manufacturers and suppliers, was a case of going to Italy a number of times, meeting them, literally and at that point jumping in a small fiat panda <laughs> driving the breadth of of italy um and and meeting them finding out first of all are they the type of people that we can work with and build a long-term relationship with because that's really important um you know making sure that they treat their employees well that the working environments um were good that we would actually work there ourselves or that you know we could see our clients you know working there because we have visited other places where you know that wouldn't wouldn't be the case mm. um and then them actually using traditional methods um and us being sustainable in that sense so actually employing handwork in the garments which leads to the the, the high quality of them i want to come back and, and talk to the two of you about that point about the sustainability aspect uh, we hear a lot about sustainability these days uh, but i think the whole idea behind sustainability in fashion is a is still a new one mm -hmm. and a lot of consumers don't really understand what does that exactly mean but this is very much something that is at the heart of what you guys do yeah. at benjamin singers we are talking to matt and james who are the founders of uh, benjamin singers uh, tailoring house and we're going to be continuing the conversation next on life beats on pulse 95 from the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Something to talk about. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Talking bespoke Italian menswear now with the founders of Benjamin Singers. Uh, Matt is here and James. Now, uh, 
something that we started talking about uh, just before the break is that the whole idea of sustainability. It's very central to what you guys do, yeah. um, but it's a kind of a, a, a new idea in the consciousness around fashion. It uh, didn't used to be something we'd talk about when, uh, you know, it concerns fashion, but uh, it's interesting because I, I know from just even one generation back, my mum's generation, they used to make their own clothes. My mum would sew her own clothes, her own skirts, her own jackets, her own dresses. Um, and they were made beautifully, even though they were made at home. It was just a whole different, you know, in the 50s and the 60s, um, it was very much a time when you could still have pieces now and, and they would just be amazing and outstanding. But we've lost that. Now it's just, you know, I was saying that even I, I know how to, how to sew clothing and I've made dresses before, but it's so much easier to just go to a shop, buy something off the rack. It's so much faster. It's time consuming. It's laborious. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's really not the best way to go, is it, Matt? No, it isn't. Um, it's sort of like comparing your mum's cooking that favorite dish that you love um it was made with soul and made with love and you know and you, yeah. you can picture it now yeah versus you can taste it you can smell it yeah exactly <laughs> versus uh some fast food um you know you don't get that same that same taste those memories and it's bad for you um so so yeah so all of our all of our clothes are made by hand um in italy that was really important for us not just from a sustainable point of view in terms of sustainability around around handwork and these artisans that have spent years and years and years perfecting their craft tell me a little bit about your artisans that you have working on on this it's just it's an idea that we we don't hear about anymore unless you know maybe you're you've got clothing being made at a couture house or something it's not something we hear about now do we Yes, so our workshops, one is in Pisa, well, just near Pisa, which is where all our suits, shirts, jackets, um, not shirts, the shirts have made a different workshop in in Napoli. Um, But yeah, they've been, it's it's about 30 years old. There's, I think her name was... Paola. Paola. Yeah, she'd been working there for... She'd been working in tailoring for 50 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she started essentially as a, you know, as a as a child. Um, and then it became a passion and she got, you know, got into it. And we, we've we met her a few times, but in the last visit, we, we did a, a Meet the Maker series. So we interviewed her um, and it was just clear her passion, you know, for what she did was really apparent it was you know great to see and it's it's nice to know that you know the people there are enjoying what they do because essentially we are wearing uh, not just us but our clients and everyone in general we're wearing the stories of the people that make our clothes exactly um, and we have to be conscious of that it's an art that's been passed down over generations and it's something that that stays alive uh, in terms of you know something that is made off the rack, uh, you know, factory made uh, and something that's made by an artisan. Take us through those details that really matter. So it's really about the the handwork as <clears throat> you as the person wearing it. So if you imagine a machine stitched piece of clothing, it's, it's very tight. 
there's there's not a lot of movement in in the weave so <clears throat> making something by by hand it's, it's called a butterfly stitch so it's a lot more supple um it, it as, moves with you as, as you wear it 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 moves and forms to your body yeah um it almost creates like a like a memory to your to your body shape um and that's really the the sort of luxury it takes longer uh, you you have to be properly trained to do it but it it just creates a, a softer more supple um and it it fits you as well better wow. uh, the way it sort of naturally folds over your shoulders and your back uh compared to something that's machine stitch it almost looks a bit cardboardy mm -mm -mm. exactly it looks like cardboard it's true yeah it's, it's rigid um and what happens over time is that the stitching gives so the first time you wear something that's machine stitched it's probably the best time um, but as you wear it again and again and again it starts to lose its shape it doesn't feel as good as it felt that first time or it rips at the seams or or, or, it, or it can rip <laughs> it's done um and then the, the the second part of it is the the canvassing of the jacket as well so whether it's a fused canvas which is what you would get from machine made garment it's what you would get actually from most made to measures um particularly here um versus a floating canvas so a machine uh, sort sort of sort of fused canvas it's, it's again a very cardboardy feel it's where you have the the fabric and the canvas and it's stuck together by, with glue. For people who don't understand what a canvas is, it's what's, what gives the fabric structure or it's called interfacing in, yeah, exactly. in some places. Exactly. So it's what gives you, it's the construction. Yeah. So making sure you have an amazing suit is all about the construction, isn't it? Exactly. It's about the construction. It's, yeah. it's what you don't see. It's the inside of the suit. Mm. It's that's what gives it its form and its drape. Because if you just took the fabric by itself, it, it wouldn't have that, that, that structure to it. Because some the cheap stuff is just glued together, which is horrendous. Exactly. And but the way that you would make it, it would be stitched in, but it's loosely stitched in. Exactly. It's, so that uh, it, moves. it floats. Yeah. There's it no there's no fusing, no glue in there. So what happens over time with a, a fused canvas, and a lot of um, a lot of guys would have experienced this, is a rippling effect, and that's when the the uh, fabric comes away from the the, the canvas because the glue starts to wear away. And that can happen if it gets wet. It can happen through general wear. Um, it can also happen through dry cleaning as well. And when that does happen, then essentially it's uh, time to give up on that, that suit. There's so much to know about, you know, what makes an amazing suit that we can't see. Uh, eventually you can see it. It will show the way it drapes on you, the way it feels. You will see it, but it's all uh, inside. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation with Matt and James from Benjamin Singers next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Talk about radio, it's Pulse 95. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, it's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa on Pulse 95. Matt and James are here of Benjamin Singers. Uh, they create some beautiful, sustainable menswear. Uh, and you can have a look at it on their website, benjaminsingers.com. Um, you can even have a look and see uh, the places in Italy um, where the suits are being made as well. But that's something that I want to talk about because... Um, Sustainability is very important. It's not just about style. It's super stylish. It's amazing, gorgeous clothes. Um, I'm in love with them. And 
I can't even wear them. Um, but definitely something to get for the husband, I think, who um, is in fact a lawyer and somebody who likes to dress very, very well. Perfect. Um, yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but Matt, I don't think people understand. I don't think we understand yet. Yes, there's a lot of talk about sustainability, but what what's the real cost um, you know, behind fashion that... Um, yes, we did talk just now about suits and what it means to wear a great suit. It makes a huge difference and it makes a very big difference in how it lasts as well. Yeah. But what's the cost of fashion that is not sustainably produced? Wow. Um, the cost is extremely difficult to quantify because it is so huge. Um, it can't, the industry cannot continue in the way that it is going. Um, it's the second highest polluting industry in the world. The second highest. Second highest. Mm. Only oil and gas is ahead of it. That's so, insane. When you think about that. Exactly. That gives you an idea of how unsustainable it is and, and, and what the, the cost is. We're thinking um, things like in terms of, um, you know, even w when you're growing the cottons yeah. uh, and the linens and the yeah. fabrics, yeah. Um, the chemicals that go into that. Yeah. Um, so so the, the true cost is not the actual price that you pay for the garment the true cost of anything that we buy whether it's clothes or, or, or food or any of our purchasing purchasing decisions is the environmental and the social impact of it so cotton as you touched on is a really good example because cotton is one of the most unsustainable uh, materials that that is used within the fashion industry um, and cotton is actually a natural material, so people therefore assume it's natural, but the process of making conventional, traditional cotton isn't natural because of the amount of fertilizers and pesticides that are used um, in order to make it. So those fertilizers, pesticides, then not only leak into the water uh, supplies of those, those neighboring regions, which are typically in developing countries and therefore affect those communities um we also wear it and we absorb it into our skin and we don't know exactly what effects that's going to have um and certainly in terms of you know workers being paid fairly for their work it's workers being paid fairly but then also in terms of the workers when you think of the farmers that are involved in in the cotton production they're also having to inhale and ingest fertilizers and pesticides um, and just recently, there was a case in the USA um, where a guy was awarded $289 million um, because it was found that the chemical in, um, in the pesticide that he was using um, caused, his, caused him to get cancer. Oh, my gosh. Um, and the chemical um, compound was called glyphosate. And that is something that's commonly used in, in cotton production as well. So that is in your conventional cotton t-shirt or, or, or shirt or, or whatever it may be. Um, so you're looking at these uh, at your supply chain. Yeah, and, we're, we're looking yeah. at the we're looking at everything. So yeah. we're looking at um, as you touched on the actual workers and how they're paid and the conditions that they work in and making sure that's fair because they should be paid fairly and they should be able to work in in in, in good conditions. Um, we're looking at the raw materials because that's where we can make the most impact. So our shirts being organic cotton, our ties being organic silk, so we're not using toxic chemicals. Um, and then the next step, which we've already started now, is organic wool. 
So that will be ready next April. And again, it will mean that there's no toxic chemicals in there because we feel that our clients should have the option. Everyone should have the option to wear a piece of clothing that's not only made in the right way and, and the people within that process are treated fairly and paid fairly, but also doesn't come with a, a dose of, of chemicals mm. um, because we're absorbing it. Um, I hear so many times that it even happens in my own family where, oh, you know, you've got a rash and you have no idea yeah. where it's coming from or what it is. Actually, it could be coming from your clothing. It could be coming from your clothing. Um, a great example is non-iron shirts. So a traditional non-iron shirt, because most men that we work with, most men in general want a shirt that they're going to go to work in. It's going to look good. It's going to stay fresh throughout the day. And therefore, they want a sort of wrinkle-free type of shirt. But a traditional wrinkle-free shirt is treated in a chemical called formaldehyde, which is also oh, a carcinogenic. Exactly. Um, One of the most famous carcinogenic. Exactly. And, and, and that's used to preserve dead bodies and dead animals. Um, and that's the kind of thing that people wear on a daily basis and, and absorb it into, into the skin. So, and the kind of thing we need to know exactly, as consumers. Exactly. What are we paying for? And to think yeah. further about it. Um, but I want to come to you, uh, J uh, James, in terms of the process, because it does take about six weeks from the time that yeah. uh, a customer is fitted to the moment that they get their finished uh, garments. So take us through that. What happens in that time? Um, so... When we first see a a client, we obviously get all his measurements. Um, we he picks out the fabric. Uh, we we send the order off to Italy, and people sometimes question, you know, why six weeks? And again, it, it's just the time it it, it costs to it takes to to actually make a suit. Uh, we have three different collections um, in our in, in what we offer um so two three levels of construction so for our premium uh you know top line it it takes 15 days uh labor just just to make it um so that's that's really the the time it takes um <clears> then <throat> when a suit comes in there's usually one fitting uh sometimes two um and that's sort of finishing touches we have a alterations tailor here things like finishing the sleeve length um but then really what we the goal is to create a template for the client so we have all his measurements have his have his template there a fit he's happy with and then going forward on the next one we can just kind of copy and paste mm, mm, mm. um and again that's you know for a lot of guys with the convenience um and just having that consistency in 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 the fit and and, and the quality is is something you get with us and let's face it guys hate shopping i know <laughs> don't do they not yeah, is, they, is that not a, a guy thing to to hate shopping most guys don't want to spend the free time that they have walking around a mall trying to get something that fits um, yeah, it's uh, the bane of a lot of guys' existence. So particularly with the gents that we work with who are you know, quite senior in their careers, they don't have a lot of time. Um, they generally have families um, or partners. And when they do have some free time and they want to spend it you know, doing things that exactly. they, they enjoy. So exactly. us coming to their office or their home and taking care of it just alleviates that, that, Done. that one thing. Done. Yeah. I love it. Uh, coming up next, I want to talk to you guys about uh, what's trending. How do you wear a suit in the heat in the desert? 
Uh, and uh, what is trending right now in menswear? It's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, on Pulse95. Talk about radio. Talk about radio. It's Pulse95. Life Beats Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Yeah, it's Life Beats and we're talking uh, men's fashion, but uh, bespoke men's fashion and tailoring uh, with the guys from Benjamin Singers. Now, uh, Matt and James are here and um, something I was talking to Sharif about, who hosts the Morning Majlis, the morning show uh, on Pulse 95. I said to him a couple of weeks back, I said, you know, that the ideal suit is made from lightweight wool because it keeps you cool uh, in uh, in the summer and it keeps you warm in the winter. And he was like, what? Wool? You'd be sweltering in that. But actually, that is a really good fabric, is it not, Matt? It is. It's the best fabric. I think he maybe, um, you know, when you thought about wool, sort of pictured the woolly sort of jumper. Woolly jumper, no. <laughs> um, but no, wool is an insulator, so it keeps yeah. you cooler in this type of climate. Um, it will keep you a bit warmer if you uh, travel into a colder climate. Um, it regenerates itself, so it's a brilliant fabric because you can let it rest and it will get back to its natural state. Um, it doesn't hold um, odors. Um, it's, it's incredibly it's, it's versatile. Per- yeah, it's, it's, exactly. It's, it's so versatile. Um, People and- don't realize, you, like you said, you, you imagine the woolly jumper. Yeah. Um, with all the the ugly Christmas colors, maybe. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but it's just you can get some really lightweight, very soft uh, and gorgeous draping kind of wools. Yeah, you can get. I mean, wool. You know, merino wools. You can get really light ones. You can get stuff that's made for traveling, which are like high twist type of fabrics. Um, but then in terms of the actual. You know, sort of construction of the suit if we're talking about keeping cooler mm. um one is having something that has a floating camera so it isn't fused because fuse will trap the heat it'll be heavier um the other is having a lining which is made from cupro also known as benberg lining so not having an acetate lining um so cupro is again a natural uh, material um, which comes from a plant um, again it's an insulator so again will keep you uh, keep you cooler in this type of climate as well mm. um, and and just in terms of that wall regenerating itself this is just a, a quick tip for everyone because it's something that we talk about quite a lot with clients is that you don't need to dry clean the suit any more than twice a year uh, most guys that that we speak to at least initially will dry clean their suits once a month sometimes even more um, what does that do to the suit it, it damages the, the the fabric because it's a chemical process, dry cleaning. Um, so it's damaging the fabric every time you, you go through that process. Um, actually, all you need to do is let it hang up, let it, let it recover, um, and, uh, and it'll be fine. In terms of uh, trends that we should be looking at in men's tailoring, James? Yeah. Uh, well, on the whole, suits and, and tailoring, it's, it's quite a sort of classic style yes um, you can't go right you've got to have at least one classic suit in the wardrobe yes yeah, so there's obviously a few essentials uh you know like a good navy suit um you know a, a pinstripe a navy pinstripe for a presentation possibly um and then maybe you know something for an event like a you know, maybe like a linen and a cotton blend 
you know, sort of lighter blue. Nice. It has a bit more of a, of a casual feel to it. Um, but anything that's that's made for you, you know, it's made in a proper way, uh, using a good fabric. You know, it, it's sort of hard to to look bad. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that'd be my tip: is just get something made for you. What about the skinny look that we're seeing in suits right now? It does not suit everybody, does it? Matt is shaking its no. head, going, "No, no, don't go um, there." I mean, I, you know, I'm I, I'm quite svelte, um, but don't go for the skinny look. Um, you know, it depends on what industry you're working in. It depends on you know who your your clients are and and who you're you know working with on a day to day basis, mm. and essentially what type of image you're aiming to portray. Um, for you know a senior businessman, for example, certainly wouldn't suggest the the, the skinnier look. Um, it, it you know it doesn't it doesn't give off that that sort of right impression. You've got um, to go for classic cut. You've got to go classic, and essentially what you're doing is mirroring that person that you're with. You're trying to build trust um, because you're dealing with their money or their affairs or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and nine times out of ten or more. Um, you're not going to be sitting opposite someone who's dressed, a client especially, who's wearing a skinny tie and, 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 a, and a skinny, skinny lapels and, and, and trousers up to their ankles and so forth. In terms of the ties, you know, get it going on colourful, should you do that? Or your thoughts on ties? Um, I'll say quickly, because when <laughs> I first joined uh, the company I worked for in London, um, the interview, when I went to the interview... I'd already looked up uh, who was interviewing me, and uh, and, uh, and you know who the, who the who the manager was, who the boss was, and I knew what their interests were. So I grew up playing cricket. My dad's from the West Indies, so nice. cr- cricket's in the blood. Um, and we always used to go and watch the West Indies when they toured England. So my dad had all of the tour ties, and they're very classic, but they'll have a little logo. It says, you know, this one was a 1994 Wendy's England Collector's tour. items. Yeah, so I wore that tie because I knew that the, that the guy interviewing me was into cricket. So, um, you know, it wasn't something that was false. You know, I, I was I'm really into cricket as well. And, you know, play, played it for a number of years. Um, but it was, it, it immediately built rapport. It was an icebreaker. Yeah, immediately. A I mean, talking we, point. We spoke about cricket for half of the day. That's you know, brilliant. And, and, and obviously then I, I, I got the job. Um, obviously. So, <laughs> so, I mean, you obviously have to still have the skills and stuff, but what no, you but wear is so important, right. right? The rapport goes a long, long way. Yeah. And so you just, you're really clever about it. So, yeah, you don't want a really loud tie, do you, do you James? It's, that's, that's good planning. That That's some smart, subliminal... <laughs> persuasive technique there um yeah i guess that could work you know depending on who you're gonna see if you know you could wear like i've got i quite like sort of little animals on my ties yeah like elephants and horses and teddy bears and things but i think it's again it's just what you feel comfortable in but not sort of wearing a stripy tie and a stripy shirt and a stripy suit would would that be a no-no um and I think, I don't know, I think Donald Trump's ruined the red tie. <laughs> um, but but really... Uh, I just love that he wears it too long. <laughs> I don't understand why. And then he tapes, you know, the back of the tie so that it doesn't fly away and whatever. Yeah, and yeah. It's just, 
Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yes. There is, how do you know? How do you measure? What is the right length of your tie? I think it, it, Where should it stop? It should come just to where your belt line thank you. starts. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. I tell my husband that that's where he's going to measure it to, and yeah. he believes me. Yes, it's good. Exactly. Don't wear it too long because that looks sloppy, doesn't it? Yeah, don't wear it too long and don't make it too loud. Or too short as well. Yeah. It's like a There are fine some people, margin. though, who, you know, have that, that style and they can just... They can just do it, you know, that they're just so confident in their style. They can just, you know, have that kind of accent piece that just, you know, is loud or whatever it is. But it's got to be within a particular context. It's right? got to be in a particular context. If you yeah. wear a Superman tie just because you're, you know, Superman is your favorite character and you wear that into, <laughs> into a business meeting. Unless you're going, trying you to know, win a pitch. To, to work. You know, for DC comics, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Then yeah. no matter who you are, they're probably going to look at you and think, I'm not sure if this is the right person for us. Um, so you have to be conscious of those those kind of things. Some good tips there uh, from Matt and James. Matthew Benjamin is the co-founder and managing director of Benjamin Siggers. And James uh, Siggers is the co-founder and sales director. Thank you guys so much Thank you for, for today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was super fun. Yeah. Fabulous, Let's fabulous clothes. We yes, we must. We We're should do bring a segment on sustainability because we could talk about that for for an hour. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. I think we need to learn more about it, and you've definitely, um, you know, shone a light on it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we definitely need to do more. Thank you so much. Thank you both Thank so you. much. Thanks. It's Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, here on Pulse ninety five. Coming up next, we are going to be talking to Ruda Amari. She is the author of the brand new book UAE one hundred and one. That's next. Pulse, Pulse 95. The heart of Sharjah.